From Fat for Weight Loss, I'm Aaron Day, and this is the daily December segment of the Fat for Weight Loss show. So let's get right to it. Every day in December, we'll be covering a new topic, from events to travel to nutrition and physical performance. So let me know what you want to cover, and we'll dig into it for six minutes every day in December. Hello everyone, welcome to another daily dose of the Fat Boy Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron. Today we're talking all about how to substitute wheat flour in ketogenic baking. So ketogenic baking is not something that you should jump into straight off the bat if you're uh, new to the ketogenic diet. I think you should probably optimize to try and get into ketosis by eating whole foods, eating really good quality foods, and then move on to the keto baking uh, once you get that under control. But for those people who are deep in the realms of keto baking, they're sort of, you know, maybe um, optimizing some of their recipes that they used prior to going keto and they want to be able to make them in a keto version as well. Uh, and they're having a lot of troubles trying to substitute some of the recipe or the ingredients out, then this podcast is going to be really helpful for you. So um, wheat flour in recipes is used in a couple of different ways. So wheat flour, uh, because it has gluten in it, it is very good at binding things together. So there's a binding agent inside of wheat flour. Um, wheat flour is a great filler <laughs> because of the uh, the density of it. So it'll rise and it'll, uh, you know, stick things together because of that gluten, uh, you know, content as well. Um, but wheat flour will also thicken products as well. So if you're talking about maybe making a gravy and you need to get that really thick consistency, then adding wheat flour is is going to help there as well. Now, um, both wheat flour and cornstarch, they have a, I believe they have a, uh, not a melting point, but it's like, you know, the point where they start to become thick is around 90 degrees. 90 degrees Celsius. Uh, and so that's why when you're making gravy uh, using wheat flour or cornstarch, you actually need to heat it up. Same thing with custard. If you are making custard and you need to thicken that up, then adding those uh, wheat flour and cornstarch is going to thicken that up only when it's heated. So that's why a lot of custards are heated, cooled down, those types of things. Um, okay, so there's a, there's a few different variations where you would use wheat flour. There's baking, there's thickening, and then there's binding. Um, and I have a few substitutions for all of those different sections and the ratios are a little bit different for each type but hopefully I can help you with those. So pretty much with any recipe that you get that contains wheat flour you can substitute that out one for one with almond flour. Almond flour is a really fantastic um, flour to sort of work with in baking um, and almond flour is uh you know, it's it's great. It is kind of expensive. It's much more expensive than wheat flour. So I wouldn't recommend baking with almond flour all the time because it'll send you broke. But the the problem is is that when you start making bread with key, uh, with um, almond flour, um, because bread needs to rise, it needs to sort of stick together once you've cut it, and it needs to have a bit of a floppy feeling to it you actually need some kind of binding agent. So there's a couple of different binding agents that work th that I've found work really well for bread. And then there's a few different ones that work for bread rolls. So the ones that work for bread are xanthan gum. Now xanthan gum is just a byproduct of the fermentation of sugar. It's the same thing as erythritol. It's not the same product, but it's done in a similar way. Um, you have guar gum. Uh, guar gum is fantastic for binding those two. And I think that um, xanthan gum and, and guar gum can be re uh, replaced equally. So for if you're using two cups of almond flour in a keto bread recipe, 
then adding half a teaspoon of xanthan gum or half a teaspoon of um, guar gum will definitely give you a fantastic result. Now, um, there is another binder, which is gelatin, but that will give you a much more cakey consistency. So if you're looking to make maybe my lemon keto cake or a birthday cake, then using gelatin instead of those two is going to work out much better. Uh, so they're the sort of binding agents for bread or for cakes, but for bread rolls, um, there's a fantastic uh, psyllium husk. Now, psyllium husk, it's not just the husk, it's ground down into a powder. So when psyllium husk powder combines with hot water, it gives you a really gelatinous substance and that can work really well to, for binding products together too. The only problem is it, is it will deflate under uh, if it's cooled. Uh, sorry, if it's, yeah, if it's cooled very quickly. So if you've ever made keto bread rolls and you've cooled them too quickly, they will become balloons really, really big and then back down to shriveled up balloons. <laughs> so you just need to make sure that you cool them slowly um, and making sure that, you know, that, that bread roll is going to hold its shape. Um, and then there's a few other ones. So you, ca you could try and use uh, ground up chia seeds. I know that ground up chia seeds could work in a particular substance, but, um, uh, and there's a, there's a few others, but you know, they're sort of outside the scope of this podcast. But if you're trying to thicken things like custard or if you're trying to thicken things like gravy, uh, the best products to use are the same ones that I was uh, referring to before. So xanthan gum and guar gum can be replaced in either of those uh, two different types of scenarios. Now, xanthan gum and guar gum, they don't need to be heated for them to become gelatinous. So what you'll find is if you put half a teaspoon of xanthan gum into a cup of water, it will become uh, sort of like, you know, really jelly types, <laughs> a really jelly type substance because it doesn't need heat like wheat flour or corn flour to actually become really thick. It's easy to make it thick in hot water because um, it's not going to clump together. But what you can do is you can put it in a blender. And so if you're trying to make custard or if you're trying to make um, gravy, what you do is you heat it up use the you know the same processes that you would in a in a normal recipe and then let it cool down then add your thickener and put it in the blender and it's it it works out really really well that tip right there is probably worth its weight in gold <laughs> um, there's a lot of different tricks that you can do with these different types of binders but you know those two in particular don't need heat for them to become a, a, a binder or a thickener now uh, gelatin does so if you're using gelatin in gravy and I probably suggest you do because gelatin works with because gravy is um, you know sort of the juices of off-cut meats usually then adding gelatin or adding more gelatin back into that mix is going to keep it in its natural form so adding gelatin powder gelatin sheet gelatin whatever that is you do need to heat that up so if you're adding gelatin to gravy you would be using maybe a teaspoon of gravy for a serving of four people um, that should get it to a pretty good consistency now what happens is that it's not going to really thicken up as it's uh as it's warm because gelatin uh if you think about jelly you know jelly doesn't it isn't really really um sticky when it's really hot but when it cools down it solidifies so in that process when it's becoming slightly cooled down that's when gelatin really works in gravy um, for custards, it's probably not the greatest thing because custard is cold. And so if you do like eating your custard cold, it's probably going to be custard jelly. But, you know, you can you can always trial out those different things and see if that works. So, um, you know, that's substituting 
uh, wheat flour in keto baking products. Now, you can also use coconut flour. So if you have two cups of wheat flour, you can substitute that for two cups of almond flour. But with coconut flour, it's a little bit different. You need to use a quarter of the amount. So now this gets a little bit complicated now and I'll break it. I'll put I'll pull it back to just one cup to start with. So one cup of wheat flour equals one cup of almond flour, which equals a quarter of a cup of coconut flour. Does that make sense? I'll, I'll say it again. One cup of wheat flour equals one cup of almond flour, which also equals a quarter of a cup of coconut flour. So there's a big misconception out there, um, you know, that when you're using coconut flour that you have to increase the amount of liquid that you're using. And while that may be true, you know, you should just be reducing the amount of um, coconut flour that you're using to match the liquids that you've got instead of trying to add, you know, this is a problem um, that I see a lot of people doing is that they add too much coconut flour and it turns out like a brick. Uh, and that can happen because what happens is that you need to let coconut flour sit because it absorbs the water or it absorbs the liquid into it. So, uh, for instance, if you're making my gingerbread cookies, you pull the mixture out of the bowl and you're like, this is never going to work. This is way too liquidy. What is going on? You let it sit in the fridge for about an hour and it comes out to a perfect consistency and you go, right, okay. So you just need to let coconut flour sit for a little while to absorb those liquids. Um, and then again with sesame seed flour. So sesame seed flour is basically just ground up sesame seeds and it's really awesome because it's nut free. Um, a lot of people who don't use almond flour because of the nuts um, also don't use coconut flour because um, even though coconut is a droop, which is not a nut, it's a fruit, um, it's still something that they try and avoid. So using sesame seeds can be a really great option if you're doing dairy, uh, sorry, if you're doing nut free. So I hope this podcast has been very uh, informative for those people out there looking to do keto baking. If you really like this podcast, make sure you hit me up on Instagram and I will be talking to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes like this or get in contact with me over on Instagram to suggest a topic that we could cover for tomorrow's episode. So until then, have a fantastic day and I will be talking to you tomorrow.